Welcome to Mile High Magazine. Mile High Magazine takes a look at the issues and people shaping events in Colorado. Presented by the Public Affairs Department of Bonneville, Denver. Here's your host, Murphy Houston. Welcome in. It's another edition of Mile High Magazine. We hope your Sunday morning's going well. I am Murphy Houston, and today I'm excited to have with us Christine Alford, who's the Executive Director of Denver Food Rescue. Christine, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me today. I was at a what they call an ascertainment where we get to talk to a lot of people that are in the community doing some wonderful things. And I heard you talk about something I've never heard about. And as I mentioned before, we started even talking now, I've been in Denver for a long time. And never heard Denver Food Rescue. But what you guys are doing is wow. So let's kind of start from the beginning. For those that also don't know about Denver Food Rescue, what is it? Denver Food Rescue is a nonprofit organization based in Denver. It is one of four chapters in Colorado. So it started out in Boulder with Boulder Food Rescue. That is a chapter of the Food Rescue Alliance. Now we notice that, and we know that 40% of food waste um, or food in Colorado goes to waste. That's a high number. We know that one in 11 adults are food insecure, and out of those one in 11, one in seven are children. Wow, that's wrong. Very wrong. So out in Boulder, it was a group of wonderful people that knew that they needed to make an environmental impact and an impact for communities in Colorado. So they started rescuing food and started a model of direct distribution. Now, Denver Food Rescue was founded in 2012 by Turner Wyatt and a couple of his buddies um, around their college time of really noticing what impact could be made in Denver with direct distribution and rescuing food. So in 2014, they started a model of resident-led volunteer-driven So what we have is no-cost grocery programs that produce health equity with Denver communities. So we do this in a very unique way. Okay. Our no-cost grocery programs are set up by um, a request for programming by the community. So we have community members that have noticed the injustices around food insecurity for their neighbors and for their community members. Okay. So what we have done is we have taken, we have a poll of about 200 volunteers that go out seven days a week on two to three shifts a day to go rescue food from local grocery stores, wholesale distributors, your local corner stores, and your carnicerias. Okay. They rescue this food and they directly take it to our no-cost grocery programs. All right. And that and what kind of food are we talking about? What are they rescuing? They are rescuing all of your highly perishable items. So that is going to be all of your produce, your fruits and vegetables that are really going to make a healthy impact for people and communities. Well, a lot of food banks don't offer that. It's canned goods, dry goods, non-perishable foods, which is great. So are you doing that as well as the produce end of this? 
Do you have non-perishables, or is it only the produce? It is only produce. Okay. So I will say about 85% of our food that we rescue is going to be your highly perishable. So all of your, your produce, your fruits and vegetables. Um, we do partner with a couple different people. I want to say like Regis University, who has already prepared foods. So we have able, we're able to partner with them and take these already prepared foods that have been cooled down to temperature and then take it out to the community as well and redistribute that that's fantastic yes so i think people might be saying that is if that grocery store or whatever is throwing it out is it it's okay to eat it, right? It is very okay to eat it. So when you think about your average grocery store and you think about what is inside of your produce area, um, all of that stuff looks very good. It's highly flavorful. It is perfect in color. There's no bruises. And I'm talking about those slight imperfections. Like you might see one or two brown dots on a banana. And for that reason, those are discarded. Oh, because people won't buy it. They think it's bad, right? Exactly. They but think it's, not it's bad. bad. Yeah. It, it isn't bad, Ricky. Right. What it is, is it's very healthy food that can be redistributed out to our um, communities that are in need. We have all of this food that is going to waste. And if we think about our families out here that really have food insecurities and think about, like you said, those those perishable or non-perishable items, those canned goods, you know, you think about the, the nutritional content and the value that's in there. But then you also have to think about being inclusive and thinking about a person that is hungry are they really going to think about the nutritional content no no they're going to think about filling up their stomachs and making sure they have the energy needed to become more self-sufficient and productive right. in diverse communities right. so being able to rescue this food that has high nutritional content to for us to be able to redistribute it out to our no-cost grocery program constituents and have them have those different options of really healthy, contented food. So the turnover is every day. It's every day, 365. So these volunteers, in fact, I think when we were doing the interview the other day, I asked you, who are these volunteers? They're riding their bikes, they're taking cars, no matter what the weather is. Yes, we have very dedicated, passionate, empathetic volunteers. Um, and when I talk about volunteers, I talk about everybody. You are now a volunteer with Denver Food Rescue, just willing and ready to talk about our story, share our message, and get more people engaged in our mission and vision to know that we need everybody to make sure that we're making this impact for Denver's communities. And these fresh food products, I mean, I don't care who you talk to, it's got to be part of your daily diet. And you're saying... Most people get what they can get because they're worried about their kids or worried about themselves. But the additional bonus of fresh produce is unbelievable that you can pull that off. Yes. And then you think about the communities that we're in. Um, unfortunately, they're underserved, under-resourced. It's the marginalized population. So we want to, you know, when you think about the food banks and you think about the way that they're set up and you think about the challenges and barriers that come with that. So most of our participants, they don't 
go to other food banks or other food resources because of the stigmas and the challenges and barriers that have been set. So the way that we have broken that down is by empowering community to run these no-cost grocery programs. So we have people with very lived experiences that we seek to address that are really taking ownership of these programs that are building community, engaging, bringing back that dignity, and bringing back your actual birthright of having this food available to you. Oh, exactly. I so agree with that. Well, Christine, how did you get involved with this wonderful organization, Denver Food Rescue? Yeah, so I got involved, um, like many others, of really, really having the need for a service like this. Um, So back when I moved out to Colorado and started my family, and, you know, we had um, our our oldest was in second grade, and he was in an after-school program. That after-school program housed a no-cost grocery program. And I think about the first day that I encountered this, and I had just um, got home from work, getting ready to pick up my son from school, um, and getting ready to prep dinner like any other family. Just right, right. like anybody else. This particular night, we were making spaghetti. And of course, when you are a family on a budget, you know, you think about your main ingredients. You think about that canned spaghetti sauce. You think about those noodles that are already ready. You don't think about adding, you know, your extra carrots or your bell peppers or your onions. Right. Well, that's something that my mom did. But this is something as a young mom and as a family coming into, you know, the crazy times and the expensive prices of Denver, you know, we weren't we weren't really we didn't have the capacity to go out and get those extras. So when I went in to pick up my child at this after school program and I seen this table full of fruits and vegetables for free, such a warm, welcoming environment, people that I have already built um, really close relationships with, having this resource available. So there I was able to get those onions and those bell peppers and those extra carrots, you know, to chop up and put into my spaghetti. What a difference that made, right? It made a really big difference because now I knew that there was a resource in the community that I didn't have to validate for. I didn't have to show ID. There wasn't a certain amount of times that I can come. There wasn't a certain amount of food that I can take. Um, I didn't have to show proof of residency. I just had to show up and be myself and be in need, you know, in need of whatever, in need of a hello, in need of fruits and vegetables, in need of a space to talk about recipes, to talk about nutrition that isn't available because our nearest grocery store is two miles away, you know, to talk about all of those things that are causing us injustices and really being self-sufficient and productive for our families. So you started off in like a a daycare center almost, but it's gotten much bigger than that. What what are your locations? There's several now, aren't there? There are. So as of right now, we have 19 no-cost grocery programs. 19? 19. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Around Denver Metro. Um, Even though all of our no-cost grocery programs are in the Denver area, we are noticing that we are also serving the surrounding four counties. So we have people coming from Jefferson. Adams, Arapaho, yes, to come out and and utilize this resource that is there. That's fantastic. So do you have a website? 
We do. So our website is denverfoodrescue.org. Pretty simple. I can even remember that one. And all the listings of the locations are there, I would assume, and more about your history as Denver Food Rescue? Yes. You can hear all about the history. You can see all of our different locations. Now, I do have some locations that are open to the public and some that are closed for different reasons. Um, So we have one thing about our no-cost grocery programs that are really unique is they're already set up in places where your family are already going. So they're in boys and girls clubs, they're in after school programs in schools. We have a couple programs in clinics working in conjunction with um, curriculums that are helping fight pre-diagnosed diet-related illnesses for youth. Um, So as you can tell, having a curriculum and teaching somebody about how to eat and what to eat and why you should eat this, and then you think about those families and the resources. You're learning about this stuff, but do you have what's available at home to be able to really make that change and make that impact? Probably not. So being able to have a curriculum, get educated and have the tools that you need for that and being able to have this resource readily available for you to do what you need to do has made a tremendous impact in our communities. And again, I'll reiterate the fact that you mentioned earlier, there's no special identification you need, no proof of anything you need. You just have a need. And you show just, up. You show up. You come as you are. Bring a reusable bag if you can. If not, we have some there. Show up. Enjoy your community. Enjoy the fresh air and the smells of Denver and, and grocery shop. That's great. Now, it, it sounds so good now, and you have 19 locations, but I'll bet it wasn't always that easy. You had to have some barriers and some hurdles and convince these grocery stores to give you what they have because I'm sure they were very leery about this whole thing. Yes, yes. So, you know, it like anything, it takes work. Um, it, it takes building a relationship that is meaningful. It takes being able to recognize that there is a need and that you have the resource to, to have that impact for our communities. Now, with larger organizations um, that are fighting food hunger and um, food insecurities and food waste here in Denver, you know, some of our hurdles and and challenges have come with those bigger organizations already contracted out with some of these grocery stores. So when you have somebody that's kind of contracted out and already a partnered affiliate of, you know, a bigger, larger grocery store that has the capacity to give more. Um, it kind of puts us in a bind because we're not able to rescue from those grocery stores. So we think about those larger chains that have everything already kind of in their forefront, you know, that we don't have access to. Sure. And then it really gets you to thinking if they're not doing direct distribution. So if you're coming around in a big van or a big truck and you're loading all of this food up, you're taking it to a warehouse or to a hub space and then allowing people to come get it from there if this food is already on the brinks of not being edible that time is is really valuable it's really of the essence absolutely um so really really trying to get people to focus on a different lens and really think about food waste and food insecurity in a direct distribution model 
but in a way that empowers community to want to take ownership of that and give them back that dignity also to tailor those programs and tailor what they're doing to make sure that it's culturally inclusive and that it's a good right. fit for the community. Well, you've worked hard at that. We're talking to Christine Alford, Executive Director of Denver F- Food Rescue. Can you talk about the impact you, you've made with this program? It's got to be just widespread and awesome. Yes. So, you know, beyond all of the relationships and partnerships that we have formed, um, which I think is the biggest impact that oh, we I'm have sure. made. Sure. You know, just being a space of inclusiveness and a space of um, resources where people can just call and we can talk about recipes. We can talk about what's there. I will say since 2012, we have rescued over 2.3 million pounds of food. <laughs> That's unfathomable. That would have just been tossed out, gone. Yes. Oh, yes. fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you That's so much. That's a high number. Yes. And with that, we have served over 64,000 families here in Denver. And the area, the other counties you mentioned? And the other counties, yes. That's a lot of people. And I'll bet it, it, with the growth of this area, it's probably getting bigger. It is getting bigger. And as you can, you know, as you can think about, as people hear about this resource, um, we want to make sure that we know that the need is there. We want to continue to build those partnerships with different people that are have the capacity to donate this food so that we're able to get that back out into the community. Well, of course, people are wondering, it sounds really great, but everybody's volunteering and working, but there's got to be some funding involved somehow. Where do you get your funding? So like most nonprofits, we get our funding from grants, from individual donors, from sponsors, um, but the need is always there. I will say, you know, taking over for a founder um, has been great and has been challenging. I'll bet. Um, when you are a part of an organization and you start it and you have all of your friends and family and people that really care about the mission and vision, you know, they're there and you're able to have that. Well, Murphy, to be quite honest, you know, coming from a background of not really having that support in that way has been a little bit challenging for me. I'm ready to take action and get out there and make sure that people hear the mission and the vision and that they're impacted. I don't want to just feed stomachs, Murphy. I want to feed souls. And I want the people around us to really, really take heed and really want to be a part of something that is so great for Denver. Well, it sounds like you've done that. And it just continues to grow. I mean, getting back to, you were talking about these volunteers that ride their bikes to the grocery store every day. Yes. And get these foodstuffs to help people. Yes. 65% of our shifts are done by bikes. Um, As you can imagine, as we keep talking about this need and keep talking about growth, um, you know, the the further that people are moving away from the Denver metro, um, we need to make sure that we're filling in those gaps and we're bringing those resources where the people are moving to. So, of course, again, that gets further away from all of your grocery stores, your wholesale distributors. So, unfortunately, as we would love to continue having our bike-based community be at the forefront and and ensure that all of our shifts are covered that way, sometimes the need and the capacity is much bigger than that. So, sometimes we do need those volunteers with those SUVs and those trucks to be able to pick up 1,500 pounds of food to distribute out to 80 families at a site. Oh, that'd be great. So, with that thought in mind, if there are 
folks listening now say, God, we should get our family involved or our church group involved. How do we do that? How do we become volunteers? Yes, so you can visit our website, denverfoodrescue.org, and sign up for one of our volunteer orientations. They happen every Wednesday. Depending on the Wednesday, they're either midday at 12 p.m. or in the evening at 5. We always, always need donations. So just to know that if you donate, every dollar that gets donated to us it is it comes out to be seven dollars in groceries for each one of for our each families. dollar one dollar becomes seven one dollar becomes seven dollars in wow. fresh produce that's for incredible our families and that's every day that very seldom changes it's a great number great turnover there that's yes. great yes so you're pretty creative pretty open-minded what's down the road for denver food rescue what are your plans besides growing Yes, obviously growing and make sure that we're continuing to fill in those gaps and produce health equity with Denver's communities. But we really want to think about um, how we are empowering community. I want to really take what I have been given, all of the professional development, all of the wisdom and expertise. I want to equip the community with the toolkits needed to be able to go out and rescue food on their own, to come in and be able to receive some professional development. Um, So when I talk about professional development, I joined the board quickly after I was receiving um, the resources from a no-cost grocery program. And while I was on the board, of course, I never thought about, you know, being in a professional realm and looking at budgets and, you know, (laughs) being a visionary and thinking about strategic planning. But being on the board really gave me something and equipped me with the tools to better serve my community. So all of our board members right now are actually community members, direct representation of the communities that we partner with. So being able to give them curriculums and give that, that them that extra empowerment to go out and really give back to their community and serve in a way that makes a difference for themselves and makes a difference for everybody else around them. And I would imagine these board members living in the community come to you with ideas. Here's a need I've seen and maybe you haven't. Yes. And that's got to be a big asset. Yes, it is a really big asset because if you think about other organizations that are around and you think about the make of their board, um, it's people that are financially wealthy. It's people that have, you know, those expertise and backgrounds in accounting and visionaries and strategic planning. But what they lack is those lived experiences, Sure, the voices from the people that are really, really impacted by these resources. So being able to have direct representation from the communities that we serve, it serves as a great asset. We cannot make decisions for those that are living and experiencing this. And a lot of times that is where people fall short. Well. That's a great thing. I was just curious. I was just sitting here thinking this time of year locally, all the local fresh fruits and vegetables are coming in and the farmer's markets are everywhere. Do you deal with farmer's markets? Because they have a lot of produce. Yes, yes. So we, we partner with farmer markets. We partner with local gardeners. So we have this app called Fresh Food Connect. You can go and download the app, and if you are in one of the zip codes and you have excess produce that we obviously don't want to go to waste, you will just ping us, and we will come and pick up that produce for you. That produce then, again, goes back out to our no-cost grocery programs. So they're getting food from the stores. They are getting food from the gardens directly here in Colorado, in Denver specific. 
and being able to really get all of that nutritional content value. Well, you think about if I think about my neighbor, my neighbor Paul, who's a tomato freak. He's got tomato plants everywhere, and he always comes over with hands full of tomatoes. If he dinged that app, you'd go get those tomatoes. Yes, we would, and we would wow. make sure that we get tell it him. out. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the app again. Let's back up a little bit. Is it just like any app you just download? Yep, you just download the app. You create a profile, um, and then when you have your excess produce, you go in, you push a button. We receive that message, and then somebody from our team goes out and picks up that that extra produce that you have. And, of course, the app is free. You don't have to worry about any, yes, any of that. Yes, the app is free. What a great idea that is. Very exciting. How easy can that be? All you got to do is ding an app, and people will come and take care of your produce. Yes. And, again, this time of year, it's all starting to come in locally, isn't it? Yes, yes. Well, that's great. I want to you got something in your notes here I was reading. What is Food Rescue Ride. Yes. So Food Rescue Ride is our annual fundraiser. It is our non-gala per se. Oh, nice. Yes. So it is where we bring out everybody from the community, especially our biking community. So there's no fundraising minimum. You go on to denverfoodrescue.org or you can go to foodrescueride.org and sign up. So what you do is you pick either a 15 or a 30 miler bike ride. You create a team with your friends. You get people around you to fundraise for you, for to fundraise for a great cause. You come out and enjoy a day in Cherry Creek State Park. You oh, do nice. that 15 or 30 mile bike ride. Come have lunch with us. Enjoy some good music, some food, some beer, and just have a really great time. Bring your swimsuit and your towel if that is part of your desire to get out in that water because we are really close to the shore. Yeah, right there. There's a big beach there at the yes, Cherry Creek yes. Reservoir. That's for sure. And that happens August 31st. Well, that's coming up. It is coming up. So could people actually, if they didn't want to participate, come by and just donate or bring vegetables from their garden? Yes, they can do either or. They can do both. Um, they can also just sign up to come hang out with us. So there is just a ticketed price um, just to come hang out without doing any of the bike ride. It is going to be a great time, and I look forward to seeing everybody out there. Well, that'll be a good event. Is that also on your website, information about the event? Yes, it is. Foodrescue.org? Um, it'll be denverfoodrescue.org or foodrescueride.org. Okay, that's, that's fantastic. It's such a great organization, and, and it's unfortunate that the need continues to grow for what you're, what you're doing. But the concept of fresh vegetables for those who don't have that opportunity, congratulations on that. Thank you so much. And the, are the original guys that started this in Boulder, are they still involved? They are still involved, very much up and kicking. So we have, um, you know, we have Boulder Food Rescue. We have, obviously, Denver Food Rescue. We have Colorado Springs Food Rescue. Um, and then we have everyone around the United States, a part of the Food Rescue Alliance, that is doing this better work for the environment and for food insecurities around. Well, we've been talking about the success of the Denver Food Rescue. How do you measure success? What is your definition for what you're doing? What is, do you feel successful? You know, I feel successful for myself. But when I think about our communities and I think about still the need that is tremendously out there, um, you know, we're, we're not successful until everybody has what they need, until we are really producing health equity to where everybody feels it. Um, you know, 
of course, we do our due diligence to make sure that we're receiving that feedback. Um, so we do surveys twice a year um, to receive that feedback back from the community to make sure that we are really relinquishing these services and this resource in a way that is continuing to produce health equity, that is empowering and engaging the community, and that's also making sure that they feel that they have what they need um, to become self-sufficient. That's a great thing. Does the government get involved at all? Do they help you? Do they come and check your produce, the Board of Health or anything <laughs> kind of stuff? No, they don't do any of that because we do rescue food and we, you know, we directly distribute it within the couple hours of us picking it up, um, you know, but we would love the government to get involved. We would love everybody to get involved um, at the state, at the city level sure. to try to sure. figure out this problem. Um, there's a lot of people, a lot of different organizations working on this problem. And, you know, we come from a lot of different intersections, but if we could potentially come across something that can create a policy to create that impact so that we're low that percentage of food waste and that, you know, we're hiring the, the, the wages that are out here for our families and we're, we're building more grocery stores and, and prominent communities and marginalized communities for families and communities that are in need. Those are the actions and the steps that need to be taken and one person can't do it. Oh, gosh, no. No, not at all. And I think it's hard for people to realize that problem and you just hit on it there about grocery stores not being close. Yes. We just assume it, oh, it's just up the street, right? King Supers or whatever mm -hmm. it might be. But it's not that way in these communities, is it? No, it's not. So when you think about a food desert and you think about communities that don't have a grocery store close, or if the grocery store is within a mile, you think about that single mother, that single father that is raising those children and don't have the transportation to get there. Exactly. Or if you're taking transportation to get there and you have to take the public transportation back with all of your groceries. And then you think about their budget and their financial capacity. Right. Right. You know, when we go into a grocery store, they, you know, we're not able to really capitalize on everything that's being marketed. It's kind of false advertisement for people that can't afford that resource that is there. So although they want to go and make sure that they're shopping in every, you know, aspect of the grocery store and getting that produce and getting those cheeses and getting that milk and the dairy and everything that they need, right. they really have to think about the basic components to, to get their families through. And sometimes that doesn't consist of picking up those extra fruits and vegetables for the table or for the refrigerator. No. No, it does not at all. It's a sad thing, but it's reality. Well, Christine Alford, Executive Director of Denver Food Rescue, so glad you came in today and enlightened us about all the great things you're doing and how it's continuing to grow and how you need volunteers. Uh, give us the website. Talk more about the food rescue ride coming up. That's a good way for people to help out. Yes. So what's that website again? It is denverfoodrescue.org, foodrescueride.org. And you guys can always just hit me up personally at christine at denverfoodrescue.org. Well, you're right. You're really out there for sure now, huh? I am. <laughs> well, Christine, thanks for coming in today. Continued success with Denver Food Rescue. You're doing a great job. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And thank you guys for listening. It's Mile High Magazine. I am Murphy Houston, and we'll talk to you again next week.